Welcome to Movie Time Machine, where each episode we take a movie from the past and review it in the present. This week, we travel back to the year 2000 and revisit the movie Snatch, written and directed by Guy Ritchie, starring an ensemble cast, a list too long to mention here. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, surrounded by my Time Machine friends, Jamie, Chris, and Casey. How are you guys doing today? Yo, yo. Hey. All right. Let's start off. Let's get a quick synopsis of the film Snatch and what this movie is all about. All right. So I'm taking this from IMDb. Here we go. Unscrupulous boxing promoters, violent bookmakers, a Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and supposedly Jewish jewelers fight back to track down a priceless stolen diamond. As we take a look here at the box office details, so... The budget was, and this is in uh, British pounds, but it was $6 million in a budget. The opening weekend, they ended up getting uh, $27,000. They ended up grossing um, $30 million uh, in the U.S. and a worldwide gross of $83 million, $83.5 million. What other movies came out um, the same year? I think this was Gladiator year, wasn't it? 2000? Yeah, sure it was. Now, this, I think this movie came out in the UK the summer of 2000 and released in January 2001 in the United States, but we'll still call it 2000 for release. But in the year 2000, we get... Uh, in the year 2000. Some really good movies in the year 2000. You know, again, Gladiator, Crushing Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Requiem for a Dream, Unbreakable, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou... Um, Battle Royale fucking came out in 2000. That's a great movie. Aaron Brockovich. High Fidelity came out in 2000. Damn. Unbreakable. Are we in Chad's pop culture black hole in the year 2000, or were you out of it? I I think a lot. I was. I think part of it was like I'm catching a lot of movie like indie movie like films here. So I did see Unbreakable. I still haven't seen Old Brother. Uh, Um, What about Final Destination? never seen it. i love that movie so do i actually yeah is that devin sawa i'm not sure i think i think he's the lead character i believe you oh brother we're out though you're missing out that's when you, you should check out i and i was actually missing out most of my life until recently and i found a copy and watched it i i want to watch yeah it again. It's, it's a rewatchable it's, it's on my list definitely got to go back and see that we also have remember the titans Oh, this year. I really, that's probably like one of my all time favorite sports movies. I would agree. It's like that and Moneyball. It's not Major League? No. <laughs> no. Not the Water Boy? You don't like Major League? I think Major League is fine, but I think Moneyball and Remember the Titans are way better. Moneyball is pretty damn good. I'm a big fan of Miracle myself, too. Oh, damn. I've not seen that. Screw them! <laughs> Again! <laughs> Oh, sorry, you missed the best movie that came out in 2000. What's that? Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> Fuck. It's like if Snatch was louder, faster, and stupider. Yep. That's Crank, isn't it? <laughs> Clearly, you meant Road Trip. Yes. Oh, with uh, it's Tom Green? Tom Green. <laughs> oh, Ode to Tom Green. And I think, is it Luke Wilson? That I'm not sure about. Luke or Owen? No, I think it's Luke. Luke. Maybe not. That he seems like the one who would make that mistake. Owen Wilson picks better projects. <laughs> Was it what, were Luke and Owen Wilson were they both in Bottle Rocket? I believe so. Oh, they were both in Rushmore. I'm gonna say an unpopular opinion. I do not like Wes Anderson that much. I, could, I gotta go, guys. I really <laughs> I like Rush or Rushmore. Gone. Chad's gone. But oh boy, he doesn't play for me. You don't like, like Life Aquatic? So, it's meh. Grand Budapest. Eh. Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest is, not, is so bad. good. I love that movie. I don't like that movie. I really like that movie. He finally is the, the first rated R Wes Anderson. Yeah, you're right. And and he finally curses, which is such a funny juxtaposition against the like bright, colorful themes of the movie. But then it also helps illustrate the heaviness of some of the themes where people are being Royal murdered Tenenbaums? and things like that. 
I like oh, Tenenbaums. Okay, Tenenbaums. Okay, all right, there. So good. We just, you just brought it back. But, it, but it's like <laughs> a lot of his sh- stuff is like really hit or miss. Like Fantastic Mr. Fox was not something that I really liked. Oh, brilliant. So it didn't do it for me. Like What the cuss? I don't know. You know? I recognize it's an unpopular opinion, and I'll own it. He's just, I know I you know. really do own them. It's like that. You don't like Star Wars. You I don't. don't. <laughs> you don't like I can, Harry I Potter. I can understand not liking I Star Wars. I don't. Extent, I don't like Harry Potter. But like, you I, also have to like like put it in context of the first time that I saw a Star Wars movie. It was the like original like first movie that came out. So like number four. Is that how that works? Right. It was four, or five, four. six. Yeah. 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 So I was twenty four. We need to do. We need to watch Rogue One. Well, you yeah, would like, like, you would I've, appreciate I've really that. Good, and I love J.J. Yeah. Abrams. So, like, J.J. He didn't do this. He didn't do I Rogue thought, One. Which one did he? I thought he did, like, two or three. He did the, Force He Awakens. only did Force Awakens. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. But. I clearly am not up we'll on We'll bring it back to Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go around. We'll do some just uh, quick reacts and feelings about the movie Snatch. Let's start to my right this time with Jamie, who has given me some kind of sign language of like a stinky, I just farted. I, try- <laughs> I farted out of my mouth. No, I just burped. I was trying not to do it in the mic. Um, yeah, snatch. I this was the first time I saw this movie, which is weird for me to say because I know it's a favorite, a bunch of my friends and people who like movies. And um, yeah, I just I loved it from the second we kicked off. And I think what I loved the most is I'm trying to think of an American film that just kind of paints you a picture of a city like martin scorsese like if you want to know about new york watch a scorsese film kind of thing so this was just london in a way i'd never seen it before you know cockney dirty gangster gross i think you know i love the bbc and british tv shows and this is not that which is just as fun that it came from the same place so yeah i I loved it that it took me to a world I wasn't familiar with, and I was in there with them the whole time. It's actually funny to say that because I think that might be why I appreciate this so much. Because I remember the first time I saw it was when I was a little bit younger, you know, a high school student or whatever when it came out. Um, and not to say that I uh, wasn't very cultured, but to I wouldn't say I watched a lot of British films or foreign films. So oddly enough, Snatch may have been one of the f- not first foreign films that I watched, but obviously. Uh, maybe the first 10, 20 of my life that I had watched. Um, and so I remember that kind of being playing into it a little bit as well. Like, man, this is crazy seeing this whole other world, this big city on the other side of the, of the globe where, you know, it's not that much different than things in America, but just, uh, it helped kind of cement it in my brain a little bit, um, at the time. And it's the first time I've seen a movie such like that, where you've got three or four five six different kind of tangential stories um but they all have kind of a similar thing uh not everyone's gunning for the same goal in the end um but then you watch all these you get invested all these little storylines and they quite literally come crashing together um (laughs) metaphorically speaking and actually in the movie but within a car around a car crash and a bunch of accidents it's such a brilliant way to paint the way that all these storylines are coming crashing together with an actual crash um, and that to me was just so unique. I hadn't seen a film that had done something like that. Yeah. So for me, this was the first Guy Ritchie movie that I saw. So I saw this before I saw Lockstock um, and Two Smoking Barrels. I think the thing that really grasped me was just the writing. Like it, everything is so quick and everyone is jumping on each other's lines. It really reminded me of Sorkin a lot in that regard, like where I feel like he, when he writes, everything is just like one after another and it's kind of rapid fire. Um, so I loved the writing in this movie and I just felt like there were like these really unique sayings and things that I'd never heard. I thought it was really funny and poignant and, and going to kind of what, what you were sharing, Casey. Like, I, I think this is one of the first movies that I had seen where there was a multitude of storylines and they're being told individually but then they're all kind of coming together and you're like you're beginning to kind of see it like um it's kind of like a blurry a blurry picture and as you're focusing the lens like you're seeing it all come together and that to me was really really cool and it was one of the first movies that I recall seeing because I also saw this in high school early that that I remember that on and it was just such a you know 
such an experience. It was just, I was in awe of it. Um, so yeah, I think the writing was amazing. This is hands down my favorite, one of my favorite Guy Ritchie movies, if not my favorite. And I just think, um, there's so much rewatchable like pieces to this movie. I just, I can't get enough. Yeah, this is probably just one of my favorite movies overall. And I think just rewatching this movie again, it's like the first thing that comes comes to me is, is like, it's just a really fucking cool movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just watch it. You just, you almost feel cool <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> because like this, and like every time I watch like this past viewing, I was like, I'm going to turn on the uh, um, captions because, I want to actually hear what some of these characters are saying. And like, I'm going to cut you fucking Jacobs. Like, Oh, it's just like, I'm learning stuff every time. Like how many years later? But yeah, just like this, how this movie is filmed and like just the different like storylines and how they come together is done so well. And I love the beginning too, like the intro of how you are introduced to every single character. It's like these like little like vignettes of like, yeah, just a couple seconds. And like, they're setting the stage. I, I think we we end up seeing uh, Bullet Tooth. Yeah. Is it Tommy? Tommy. Bullet Tooth Tommy. Bullet Tooth Tony. Tony. Sorry. Yeah. Like we end up seeing him like right away in the movie just because of that kind of like introduction. But then he doesn't actually come into the film until like almost more halfway than, through. The yeah, movie, more than yeah. halfway yeah. through. And I think like that's just such a unique way of doing it. And it was really cool to see like all these little vignettes of like, oh my god, like what? Like I just remember thinking like, what am I getting into? What is this? Yeah. Well, I know. I can almost forget too that um, Benicio Benicio uh, del Toro. Toro like he's heavy in the beginning of the film then like he's just he's gone, gone. <laughs> he's just gone i love that death scene but, though yeah. <laughs> like, that <laughs> <killing him laughs> is so funny well and that scene was crucial too because not not having seen it before like i i didn't know where this was going you know you get all these different players and and yeah we don't see bullet tooth until near the end and benicio just seeing him and knowing him in his movies i'm like he's usually not long for this world in these films but you know i wonder if he's gonna make it out of this and sure enough he doesn't (laughs) and but but then that was when i knew that like okay the film like kind of has some stakes you know it's you know we're not just having fun like stuff's gonna happen so i also remember being really surprised at like how much like comedic value this movie had like it I feel like the thing that I really appreciate about this, and I'm not a huge action movie guy, like, yeah, like here. again, unpopular opinion. Like a lot of people are like all over John Wick and really love John Wick. Like I'm not there for John Wick. It's it's boring to me, and I don't know, like whatever. But like I think like I look at this movie. I just and, think of candles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> John's Wick. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think of like this as being like an action movie, like that has something to say. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of complexity in this movie, and um, there's a lot of comedy that I just think like everything about this movie is really well balanced. Yeah. Well, and to that point, some of my favorite entertainment is stuff that can really bring you up and be hilarious. Uh, it can jerk you to the side and be maybe heavy um, and even sad. And if you think to the the caravan scene where Mikey's mom is being burned oh, yeah. alive, that's mm-hmm. that's heavy, and the, yeah. the soundtrack hits you really hard because the it's like this deep, heavy rock song. And as soon as you like see it up in flames, it just comes in really loud and heavy. And he's just that emotional scene of them having to pull him back and all that. So it, you hit that crazy low. Um, but then there's other scenes where you're laughing your ass off. So it's it's I love entertainment that can kind of stretch you, uh, you know, in, in bunches of different directions all in one ride. The strength of all these different characters too in this movie, you could probably do a film, a standalone film about each one of these group of characters. I I really like the intro where they give you all the character names. Like usually, I'm I'm not into that kind of technique or whatever because in Reservoir Dogs you have everyone you know around the table having breakfast. That's how you meet everybody. And but you, not every movie has to do that. And for whatever reason, it really works here. I don't I don't know why. It just maybe stylistically the way it's shot or. I don't know. It just, yeah, it really works. And well, I think to that point, when you bring up the stylistically, it's not just those scenes, but they use a lot of those uh, jarring cuts. Yeah, um, I oh, think yeah. to uh, the the standoff scene in the bar where they've got the replica guns oh, pointed yes. at Bully Tooth, <laughs> and they that the way they zoom in and gin, 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 yep. you know, <laughs> read the letters of the gun. Um, that same style <laughs> is present everywhere, and it's yep. prevalent in those titles, but it's used in a bunch of different ways to make points and emphasize things. Right. 
Yeah, especially like the scenes when uh, the first fight scene where they bring uh, Mickey into the ring. They're like, go down in the fourth. And he just gets hit once and he just fucking one punches yeah. the guy down. And it's like the cut to like uh, Turkish and Tommy and the cut to like Bricktop. Yeah. Like that whole scene. Oh, it's just but yeah, great. It is, so everything good. is really harsh. It's like really yeah. like direct cuts. Even some of the scenes, it's like they flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's it's so good. Yeah. I feel like this it, this movie gets... Maybe I'm wrong here, but this movie has... People have tried to copy this movie after this movie came out with, like, great failure. What is... I'm trying to think of the, the Ryan Reynolds, Jeremy Piven movie, Lucky Number Smoking. 11. That's not Smoking Ryan Reynolds. Aces. Smoke. Smoking Aces. I feel like yeah. they tried to, like, kind of, like, take some of that stuff with, like, some of the cuts and, like, the, You're right. the different storylines that are kind of arcing together yeah. with, like, to find the similar thing. But, like, a lot of that, in my opinion, like, the way that they were introducing characters, the way that they were cutting it and, like, bringing it together, like, felt really... St- like very similar to snatch. Well, I think yeah. the key distinction there too is Smoke and Aces is about, you know, the guns and and the assassination the hit. This is like like I'm having fun the whole time. Like people are yeah. dying and it, like the stakes are real, but it's it's just so well written that you, like I'm having fun, you know, yeah. it's not it's serious, but it's not. It's it's a really really tricky thing to pull off and it's I it's just really impressive that he can do it. Yeah. It's funny like, you bring up Slevin because I was actually going to bring that same movement up. Have you seen Lucky Number Slevin? God, I I don't. I think Jeremy has told me to watch it's, it. It's phenomenal. Times and um, I haven't. And I'm thinking smoke, it's good. Smoking aces. It, it's really good. And I was actually going to compare that to Snatch in a way too because that kind of has the same feel to me, where it's like a few different storylines, not as many as Snatch, and they kind of come together with some twists mm-hmm. as opposed to coming crashing together. But the way Snatch goes, it's almost like Snatch is this muscle car that's revving and flying full speed down the highway it just feels like you're going so fast um but in something like smoke and aces or in slevin it doesn't feel like you're kind of you're kind of meandering through these stories but then it picks up like at the very end and it end. goes yeah. from True. like you know 30 yep. to 70 but snatch is able to kind of speed the whole way uh the whole thing kind of feels fast and you're into it from the very beginning yeah um, there's not very much of a lull in this movie no it's probably like right. a 10 15 minute period towards like when you get to that last half hour before you get to that last half hour, then it kind of like builds again, but it's a well paced film. But that last half hour, like that's the most rewatchable. Yep. Like, yeah. like that twist and everything that happens and like them like showing and, and showing the audience what that looks like and what all went down, that to me is just every part of that is just amazing. Like, I love every moment of that. I'm just gleaming here just I know. talking I, about I'm it. Just, I just, I'm so I can't glad stop that you brought it. this. Like, brought this film up to do because this is a good one to go back and rewatch and even the stuff not related to the plot like the dog eating the chew toy I was fucking dying (laughs) it is so funny and it doesn't even need to be in the movie it is so funny that's what's great about that you go from parts like that than the parts of like fucking starving pigs so you could dispose of bodies (laughs) every every part of this movie was like so like thoroughly in my opinion just like thought through like like, I think like that scene too and I think like the way they're like that's the first time you see those characters really and like they're introducing them and they're talking about like the new um, car guy or like what like the, the driver the getaway Tyrone, guy yeah yeah and like <laughs> why are we stopped here <laughs> it's like oh that spot's too tight you can park a fucking jumbo jet too tight like every part of that is just like it's just continuing to like build the the character and continuing to build like their personalities in this way that is just so good and is that Boris? It's <laughs> got the the fucking hood pulled over his <laughs> <side>. he's just <laughs> Well, and Chad, you said something about each each character could have a, their own spinoff into their own show, and I think yeah. it speaks to to the amazing depth of character development and so quick that you're investing in these characters and you know so much about them, and they don't waste a lot of time with exposition. You know, they, they don't give a ton. Maybe Bullet Tooth Tony gets kind of a story, and they do a little flashback of that. Yeah. But, like, Cousin Avi, uh, Boris the Blade, you don't, like, they're just, you know who they are immediately, and they don't bother explaining, and you don't need them to. And it just speaks to, to how powerful and how well-written these characters are, where you just jump in. Uh, Frankie Fourfingers is his name Frankie Fourfingers yeah. do you like, know why they call him Frankie Fourfingers <laughs> and it's, you just learn about him so quickly and you know they, they frame these characters amazingly they give you this quick little portrait and you understand them so that you're right into it and you don't need to waste time learning about him or... I think part of that though comes from Guy Ritchie's respect and like he thinks the audience is smart 
Yeah, and so absolutely. he doesn't feel like he needs to explain it. There doesn't need to be a lot of drivel that that is long winded into it. He feels like, all right, like we can hear the little pieces we need and you're able to figure it out. Yep. Let's talk about Jason Statham. <laughs> I'm really not a huge fan of him as an actor, but I love him in like these movies. Yeah, these two movies. Like yeah, like it's in like these two movies, these two, being like, like Lockstock and, and Snatch. Yeah, because like he's like I'm trying to think like what's the one where he like he can't get his heartbeat crank, crank, crank. crank like I think crank, crank. Which you brought that up a couple days ago, and I, I just sure watched did. like the first 15 minutes of that today. I'm just like, what the fuck is this garbage? Yeah, and like he's in the bag, <laughs> which like I don't like. He's he's a very typical, in my opinion, like a kind of it's a typical like action, but fuck like it, yeah, like boring. Yeah. Yeah. But in these movies, to me, he's perfect. There's yeah, no I can never understand. Turkish. Like after I saw saw him in these films, then he's like in this action movie role. I'm just like, I can't fucking compute. Like it does not. Well, I'm curious. Like I, I should go back and I should look at IMDb and kind of look at like how his career panned out because I think of it like going from these like really like obscure indie films. In my yeah. opinion, I don't think these kind of like, like these blockbuster like, like action how, wh- flicks. How like, did he, where did he go from? He was like it was like the a, transporter. That was the oh, turn, you're right? It was yeah. From there on, he became an action star because yeah. he did that. He did the Italian job. He was transporter like a, wasn't two. there like a Showtime sh- series that he's been? Showtime or HBO series? That's oh uh, he, maybe. Well, and now again, he's also like, in all those Expendables, so he's in all the uh, let's right. resurrect all these right because he's an action yeah. hero. No. Oh, and, and he's uh, him and The Rock are now the leads of the the spinoff of Fast and the Furious. Hobbs yeah. and Shaw is oh, yeah. like the Fast uh, and Furious. I would never watch. I wasn't a big fan, but that's a spinoff now of that. It's funny that a completely tangent topic, yeah. but a, a movie originally about racing and stealing cars is now turned into like epic <laughs> warfare, <laughs> driving cars out of planes, crazy, like beefed up. I don't understand the twist, but people eat that crap up. I got to say, I didn't hate the first Fast and the Furious. Right. Yeah. The I first didn't. one I thought was decent, but then like everything else, it just like it went so they far. jumped the shark real yeah. fast. Yeah. You guys, yeah. I love Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. I don't know what it is. He just, he tickles me and I can't put my finger on why he's, I, maybe just because he's unaware of how ridiculous he is, or maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. Maybe he's completely aware. I don't know. Even because I so go the other way. I'm like, crank. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's keep this guy alive. I just, and, he's just like in this role. He's just like comedic gold. Oh in yeah. These guy Ritchie yeah. films. And like, I wonder if, and after research this myself like what he did before these movies like yeah. like what made like guy Ritchie put him into these character roles versus what how old do you think he is in this movie lockstock is his fourth film what did he do before that though? uh yellow yellow to the sea erasure run to the sun other oh, shorts that was his first film was lockstock Okay. He was just in some right. random shorts the years before that, but, but I, like he looks like he's like an like older, like in his forties. Yeah, or like maybe now, maybe mid thirties. Pulling up his IMDb, it says he was born in sixty seven, and he was a diver, um, British national diving team, so really good, and um, he was a fashion model. So I think that's probably like he's just writing that charisma, you know. Yeah. Um, Here's my hot take theory. I think he was vying to be a James Bond replacement, didn't get it, and so he just went the route of crazy action. I films. like that. We'll yeah, go, that's, yeah. I, 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 I bet, far off the ticket. No, yeah. I would yeah. think any uh, British actor grows up maybe right. wanting to be the new James Bond. Yeah, good take. I like that. Didn't have enough hair. That's probably why I didn't get the <laughs> that's role. That's it, yeah. Yep. But he was a model. He was a model. I will say, though, so I my love for him was is it all about his looks it's all about his look <laughs> caught god no it, it was tongue-in-cheek and i will say watching this movie i did have a new respect for him i was like wow he's he's not in the other movies he's fun in this yeah. he's really good yeah 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 i just feel like he he plays turkish really well and he's like super funny and yeah like he's just their whole he, dynamic with him and tommy is yeah fucking it's just gold. it's awesome like i love like when they the first time like you kind of see their interactions they're talking about going and getting a new like caravan and uh tommy's like oh this isn't so bad and he like he pulls, he pulls open the, the door and he's like oh no tommy this isn't tip-top shape right it's just, oh it's so great like everything yeah. is again just, that whole dialogue the, oh, the writing yep. for these characters is fucking gold man yeah like when i started rewatching this just like the first five minutes it was like God damn. 
It's a cool fucking movie. It doesn't take you long to no. like get sucked in. No, no. Mm-hmm. not no. like yeah. No, it's like that tops. again. I feel like Lock Stock, a little bit different of a movie, but kind of the same. But the, I get the same feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't think it's as good as Snatch, but it's still a really but good movie. It's, and we were kind of speaking about this earlier too. Yeah. But I, I look at like Guy Ritchie. I feel like in his first like early films, they all had really similar feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like, um in bodies to them like i think a lock stock i think a layer cake i think a rock and rolla like all of those i feel like had a very similar feel and uh the way that he he directed it and and just really gritty um and i just i love that about his movies and even like i remember the first time i saw like the new sherlock holmes movies which he directed um with robert downey jr just loving how that was done and really being intrigued by like some of the cinematography pieces. Like I remember um, in the very first Sherlock Holmes one, uh, that whole fight scene where Robert Downey Jr. breaks down, like here are the things that I'm going to do in slow motion. And then they go reverse and then he does it in like full speed and just being blown away by that. I just think he's, I don't know. I think Guy Ritchie is really clever with his, yeah. with the way that he cuts the way that he, he sees things. And I, I really am intrigued by Guy Ritchie films. I like that you brought up the fight because that was one of the first things I thought of too. I think Sherlock Holmes might have been the only Guy Ritchie film I'd seen beginning to end. It, there's something there with like the shirtless underground fighting world of London. He because, loves it. Yeah. Did he do did he do Fight Club? Seriously. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, Oh my god, this isn't Sherlock Holmes. Like I don't know if this is something he does or just watches for fun on the weekends, but yeah. further research is required there. Yeah. <laughs> Such a Sherlock. All right, so it's comment. pretty obvious. We all really fucking love this movie. So, do you guys have any other things you want to talk about? Scenes, or do we want to dive into our top five characters and snatch list? No, I'm good with the list. Okay, all right. Let's start off with. Jamie, again, let's start Oh, actually, with I do have one more thing. Okay. Does anybody else feel like Don Cheadle should have been in this movie? I'm kind of... Because I feel like he absolutely could have been in this movie and done wonderful things. Like, what, what role would he have played? Like, Vinny. Maybe the getaway driver. I don't know. <laughs> like The question is, okay. is he funnier with or without the dog? Oh, uh, he would have great dynamics with the dog. Yeah. Okay. So, Vinny. Yeah. Well, character call-outs in this film, we get... Uh, Saul, who is Morgan in The Walking Dead TV series. Yes. Does he come back around? I've only seen season one. I'm like, I wonder if that guy ever comes back around. Yeah. Okay. Season five? Okay. And he's also in... He's seen everything up to the final season, so he's just... He's not caught up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to go through and do our top five characters from snatch and if you want maybe a favorite quote for them otherwise we'll just go around and just little tit for tat for sure um do you want me to start with five or one five five okay so my number five um kind of an unexpected one but i I couldn't resist it's a bad boy lincoln and i will tell you why played by goldie and it wasn't so much as i love the character but more the actor Goldie just as a concept. So he's the guy with the gold grills, um, just really embodying his namesake. And I remember him. I'm a big Bond fan. And that's the literally the only other movie I've seen him in is The World Is Not Enough, which was, let's see, 1999. So the year before Snatch came out. And if you read his IMDb profile, it's one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Um, known throughout the music industry as the king of the jungle, Goldie is an artist whose ferocious activity or creativity knows no bounds, and it goes on from here. He's like, <laughs> he, he's just sounds like the most interesting guy I've never heard of, except for two movies. Casey, like, is this Goldie the like the EDM? Must music be Goldie. Must be. He's he's Does, like, allegedly famous. And, yeah. Allegedly, well, yeah. yeah, not to me, but and EDM is with. like big in. I just say that because that's what the kids say now, but I thought he did like drum and bass, which would be fitting for 
this movie in the UK for sure. since that's like the all the all the kids do they do MDMA and they listen EDM. to EDM, <laughs> EDM, EDM. <laughs> MDCs and the ABCs and then they get down, get down. <laughs> cool so yeah my number five uh, character cool great good talk <laughs> thanks guys so my number five <laughs> no so my number five character uh, I have Bricktop at number five uh, I think he's just a really good villain um because he's he's kind of interesting he's not uh he's he's evil he knows he's evil he does awful things um so yeah i think brick toss my number five uh one of my favorite lines super quotable um when uh when he comes to visit turkish after the i think it was after the first bad fight um he's making him tea or coffee and turkish asks him if he needs sugar and he says no i'm sweet enough so I, it's just perfect where he is this this awful evil guy knows he's evil but then he says no, no no i'm sweet enough <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> all right so looking at my number five i have turkish Ooh. um i liked his character i thought he was really funny i think there's a lot more complex and interesting characters um but i like turkish a lot so looking at him um as far as one of my i don't know why this just tickled me <laughs> uh to use uh, one of your words and kind of <laughs> phrases here jamie um so he's talking with Tommy and Tommy talks is talking about like how the human body hasn't uh, gotten used to dairy products. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Turkish's response is just, well, fuck now, Tommy. And I'm going to try and use my best British accent. Yeah, so, as we <clears> should. Well, fuck, fuck now, Tommy. What have you been reading? <laughs> I don't know why. I just think it's so great. Oh, and the milk is the catalyst for... Uh... <laughs> All the the crazy like throws up the milk, hits the windshield. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, true. Yeah. It's Boris that's in his like pulled over. Uh, anyway, uh, my number five is Boris the Blade, and uh, I just love like every time Boris comes in a scene, it's always like that. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Cossack. But uh, I just love like towards the end when he's just like. Yeah, we have like the Mexican standoff and uh Bolt to Tony like takes him out, then like he's still like, Fuck you <laughs> He's like pow pow <laughs> Then he's like almost had it Fucking <laughs> <laughs> guy never dies. Oh all right, number four. Um oh fittingly enough I didn't do this on purpose, Frankie Four Fingers. I just I I love Benicio. He's so weird and he is bizarre. He is bizarre every time, but I'm always happy to see him in movies. I, I don't have a quote. I'm just glad he's there. I love the little montage of, you know, when they suggest he has a gambling problem and then they show him in the casino. <laughs> yes. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> Again, great music cues in yes. this movie. I'm trying to think uh, Sicario. Yeah. He is so good in that movie. He's really good. Like, I thought that's one of my most enjoyable Benicio del Toro, like del Toro moments. I just think he's great in that, those films. No question. Casey. Yeah. So I actually had Benicio as in my number three. So I'm going to do what you did uh, before. And uh, we'll just do with that. Now. We'll do that. Now we'll just keep talking about him. Uh, I think Frankie four fingers, uh, hilarious character. And it's rare that you see in movies um, where they introduce someone, give them a lot of weight and then kill them off really quickly. <laughs> right. I love when that happens. Cause you, you get invested and then they're just gone. You're yeah. like, all right, well, they're, they're done now it's unexpected yeah exactly it's unexpected it's rare that they'll especially an actor of that uh banner their name is you know one of the top build actors right because they're so um popular so i like when they, when they do that so i like that character a lot and it's kind of the catalyst that starts the whole thing right he's the one that has a diamond he's mm -hmm. the one that you know has a gambling problem and kind of kicked all these storylines he's the big bang of the entire kind of story arc do you have a quote by the way no Okay, because I think the like the beginning of this movie is so brilliant with him in the elevator talking about like <laughs> the whole like creation of like Catholicism and like Christianity and like how like like I don't know that to me was I loved every moment of that. Also knowing that like they're going up to like a very like largely populated like Jewish like space where like they're getting the yeah. diamonds in Antwerp. I just I loved it. I thought he was so interesting. Talking about characters that you get invested in early, then all of a sudden they're gone. I don't know what movie this is because I'm not really a big Steven Seagal fan, but there's a movie I randomly caught 
on television one day and like it's like a Steven Seagal's in it. It must be like a Steven Seagal movie. And then like in an airplane, there's some like fight that breaks out in a plane and he gets thrown out the fucking door. Is that is he's it like the Expendables or something? No, not it's not like it's not oh, one of those. But it's yeah. like he's out of the movie in like the first ten <laughs> That's minutes. That's hilarious. <laughs> Super funny. Um, all right, so my number four, I have Vinny because I love the banter between the three of those characters. Um, I just I think they're so funny. He and his dog, and like I don't know. I I think I kind of talked about this earlier, but one of my favorite quotes from him is is the whole like banter between him and the getaway driver of like, why are we stopped here? What's wrong with this spot? Says the getaway driver. It's too tight, (laughs) too tight. You could land a fucking jumbo jet in that. And I just think that entire like scene and like the getaway driver gets out and he's like, what can he get away from? Like every part about that is, I just, I love the introduction. I love that banter. I love like, there's just so much, um, like back and forth in that conversation. And again, like going back to that kind of Sorkin writing, I feel like Guy Ritchie did that and he, he found actors who are really good at just jumping each other's lines and who play each other really well. Yeah, he's not on my list, but I have your seat, Tyrone. This is a stolen car, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my uh, number four is Turkish. Um, I don't really have any quotes down. There's, I feel like there's a number of them, but I just really love the dynamic of him and Tommy throughout this movie. Just like the back and forth is just really brilliant, and just their whole act. I feel like it's always like them going to like the the gypsy camp. <laughs> oh, fucking pikeys. <laughs> I hate pikeys. I hate pikeys. I wonder how many times I hate pikeys is said in this film. I don't know, but you have such a good Australian accent. <laughs> I was going to say, I like that since it is a British film, every time we want to do a quote, we adopt an accent. Because <laughs> yeah, right. it won't to. play without no. the accent. The right. quote's no. only funny. Yeah, it's right. only funny if you have the... yeah. Well, in the spirit of that, my number three is Turkish. All right. Yeah. And I don't need to say much more that I haven't said about Jason Statham, but I, the one I do have here, I think this might have got the biggest laugh for me in the movie. When he... He's talking to Tommy about his gun. He's like, what do you have it for? Protection. Protection from what? The Germans? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just killed me. Yeah, so my number three is... Uh, well, it's actually, it was my four. I flip-flopped before, but we'll, we'll call it my three is Mickey. Uh, I mean, obviously, oh, yes. i got to throw Brad Pitt on the list because he is one of the funniest characters. Uh, you never really know what he's thinking. He He's actually way smarter than he ever gives himself credit for or that anyone in the movie gives him credit for and and it's actually funny to try to think of well i mean it's pretty obvious but was he orchestrating a lot of this from the get-go or did everything that kind of culminated with him uh happen because they they murdered his his mom was he planning on all these other things with it too or it's just how far back did he really start planning you know that type of thing. And I don't really have a quote because I wouldn't be able to say it because I... That's hello, hello, yeah, exactly. Hello. Um, but I do want to call hello. out one of my favorite scenes that he's in is in that fight where he's trying to last and he gets knocked kind of out, but not really. And he hits the hits the mat and goes underwater. Just that imagery, that visualization, um, such a cool way to kind of put you in that moment and give you the feel of, you know, he's knocked out, kind of yeah. uncold. Uh, and then when he flies back out of it and just knocks the dude out to <laughs> completely ruin the fight again. And, and it's crazy to think, too, he he just sits there taking that punishment, just waiting for the right time and finally throw the punch. And then uh, everyone back at the camp murders the dudes in the van. Good times. That is like one of the most iconic scenes for me yeah. is him getting punched back. And like there's that slow-mo of him like kind of in midair falling back. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why that's always stood out to me in this movie. And I've always thought like, oh my God, that's like such a cool shot. And yeah, you see him like fall into the water. I love it. And when you're when they resolve that scene, right, and they're showing the kind of how it all ended with the, the gunshots, everyone at the camp killing all the people there with... uh uh, uh Bricktop going and asking for his shooter and it's actually them in the car too shooting him that whole thing the soundtrack you can hear now if you think about it that guitar solo right you can hear it when you yes and that's what i hear when i think of snatch right it's like this iconic it didn't because you hear that throughout the movie it's just a perfect soundtrack and it's just culminating with that big reveal of everything that really happened and why you know brad pitt's been jerking everyone around it's just a perfect moment perfect soundtrack 
great way to reveal that. I think, yeah, Guy Ritchie got it perfect when it comes to like all of the the music that like yep. accompanies these scenes, like everything. Yeah, the audio like, kit, yeah like you just if I I get so much, I feel so much more buy in, and like yeah, it's awesome. For me, uh, I have number three is Bullet Tooth Tony. I just enjoyed his character a lot. He wasn't in it a ton, but I thought like what he was in like was really funny. Uh, I thought he had a lot of really good one-liners, but I think one of the the scenes that has always stuck out for me was the bar scene where he's working with like um, Vinny and those guys, and he talks about like the fact that your guns say replica on the side of it, and mine says Desert Eagle. Point dot, five, yeah. dot five oh yeah whatever. dot five oh like that has always been a scene and like again going back to like casey you were talking about like how cool it was like the way that he does like the and like you see each like a individual letter yeah. Like, yeah like it was just that to me has always been a really cool scene and i i've i thought that was like his whole monologue um in that has always been really cool and i've just i've loved it um for me, number three, I'm just going to say fucking ditto to what you just said, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Perfect. So, Jamie. Sweet. <laughs> um, okay, my number two is Tyrone. I just, I don't know what it is. He, um, I don't even know if he has that many great lines, but just the fact that he's so bumbling and ill-equipped to be in that situation. And I just like... Yeah, like if I was in a heist, that would be me. I, you know, and I'm worried about him. You know, when they have Tyrone on the floor, I'm like, oh no, not Tyrone. So, I love it when he's getting out of the car. It's just like, squish, 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 the leather against like the car. One is brilliant when they're locked in the bookies too, and he just opens Over the door. What's going on, guys? <laughs> it's perfect Tyrone he's moment. The, he's yeah. like the bumbling savior. Classic right, Tyrone. He's also the one who finds Freddy Four Fingers. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, so they're like, who's this guy? Well, he had four fingers. And then, like, he just happens to be like, so like, it's one of those like moments where it's like, all right, that's the redeeming factor. Like, he's the one yeah. who like got like the the person we're looking for. He has the insane amount of luck because it, isn't it uh, Bullet Tooth Tony that's going to like put one in him? And he's like, he's just out of bullets. Yeah, oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. <true. laughs> Cool. So my number two, uh, to piggyback everything else with Bullet Tooth Tony, I have him at number two. Um, one of the scenes I want to talk about early on when they when you first meet him, when he's dragging that kid along with his tie in the car, just a perfect kind of uh, uh, introduction to here's Bullet Tooth Tony. He's got to get some info from this guy, yanks him into the car, just starts driving with him to talk to him. Such a funny way to just obviously the dude's stuck in the car he's gonna tell you whatever he needs to tell you because otherwise you're gonna start going faster and then he starts going faster making him run uh it's just a great way to, to kind of introduce him i thought it was good i really like the line too of like where he's talking about like how you doing or whatever and he's like oh my blood's still warm which is more than i can say for yours <laughs> it's just like it's just a, a unique way to to look at it and yeah a really cool line my dad did that to a police officer well aren't you hurt in, <laughs> in the window <laughs> yeah why? I bet that worked well, out for him. Well, there's a bigger story there. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can no. do that. We can do that off mic. Yeah. Um, all right. So my number two, um, I actually had Mickey is number two. I love Mickey's character. I think he makes he's a character that makes this movie great. Um, again, I think Casey, going back to what you were talking about with the idea of like he's not given enough credit. Um, the the question that you posed about you know where is he starting to think through all of this um and i think towards the end of the movie like when they're kind of doing that big reveal you find out that like turk or i'm sorry you find out when turk is narrating that like he's been betting on himself so i think it's like earlier than when his mom like that whole like um fire in the 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 caravan yard and whatnot but um i just i think he has a lot of really funny one-liners too um talking about the quotes there's two quotes that really stood out to me and it's the um good dags you like dags <laughs> what you like dags oh dogs yeah i like dags <laughs> like, that to me is just super funny and the second one is when he's talking with um turkish and tommy about like their next fight He'd already done the first fight where he knocked the guy out immediately. Um, and they're trying to get him to do a second fight. And he's talking about, like, basically raising the stakes. And he's like, all right, this time, like, I need a caravan. It's for me, ma. 
and he talks about she, she's, she's partial to periwinkle blue. <laughs> like, I don't know why that whole like she's partial to periwinkle is just so funny to me. I like that whole interaction too with yeah. that scene where they just like Tommy and Turkish kind of turn around. They're just like, I don't understand a fucking word that he's saying. <laughs> that plays the whole idea yeah. too. Is like We're gonna like fucking pikeys. Like they just like they con everybody because yeah. like no one knows the fuck they're saying. So people are just yep. like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Do it for a caravan. For me, ma. Yeah. <laughs> for me, ma. I need a bigger caravan. Um, my number two is Mickey. Again, I feel like we're around the yeah, same wavelength yeah. here, Chris, but almost identical things that I was going to say. I want to talk more just about like Brad Pitt's like acting in this role for this character. I feel like for me, this is like, like, Peaking bat Brad Pitt for me. He's like this is where he's playing like these odd characters. Like before, not too long before this, he's like playing like he's in Twelve Monkeys, yes. this Fight Club. We're just like true seven. romance. Like this is like when he's picking good movies. Like when he's yeah. in good movies, yeah. he's being thoughtful about the characters that he's choosing, and he's in like really good, cool indie movies. Yeah, I'm 100 percent on board with what you're saying. Like that's absolutely yeah. like this is like this like probably like four to five like film set of Brad Pitt is his the best work he's yeah, done totally agree did you see Once Upon a Time I did in Mexico oh in no, Hollywood or, oh I have oh, not yet have I'm not. sorry you guys gotta see it it's, is it Brad Pitt is back so yeah I've heard I've heard good things about that like here's the thing like later Brad Pitt I struggle with I feel like he like the way that he his speech patterns and the way that he talks are all the same like I don't know why like I just I constant like I think Inglorious Bastards is a really good like point. Like I look at him and I feel like, Oh, you like, it feels like you're overacting here. And I feel like that character is in every other character that he's like, he's been in for a really long period of time. So I'll be interested to see whether or not I feel that way with once upon a time in Hollywood. Me too. Yeah. I think, um, I, I guess I've always been a fan, but this one to it, I got that, classic brad pitt feel yeah. from him i don't feel like i feel like other brad pitt movies like whether he like whether true romance or i think it, i think he's detective mills and seven like i feel like he like he's playing characters and then he kind of finds this like stagnant point where he is like he's it's the same acting but he's a big enough name where he doesn't have to give a shit anymore so it's just i'm gonna play this character and it's gonna be the same character in every movie but i have the name recognition where it doesn't matter it's like when you watch The Departed. That's like every character in that 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 movie. Chad, on the same on. level. That's I why. I fucking hate you, Chad. <laughs> what do you think about him in the Oceans movies? He's kind of is that the same? I actually, no, I actually, I actually really like him as Rusty it's in subtle, the Ocean subtle. movies because it's he. In all honesty, I think that that is probably Brad Pitt in real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably that is. I agree. <laughs> but the other movies are him acting. <laughs> true. <laughs> like later on, or trying to. Oh, never seen any of those movies. The Oceans. Yeah. Oh, really? Those are good. The first one was really good. I liked. And then I actually I thought the did third feel one like was the, thirteen. Or like yeah, thirteen was quite really a bit. Good too. Yeah. Skip twelve. Yeah, twelve. Nobody likes twelve. Which is the one with Julia Roberts? Like prominently as herself. Actually, Julia Roberts. Twelve. Yeah, Twelve. Skip it. That's yeah, one. That's okay. the one where like Bruce Willis comes in and she's like, Julia. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a meta thing because Julia Roberts plays an actress, but then they say, "Oh, you look like Julia Roberts," and it's it's weird. They break that wall in a weird way. Yeah. That's mm. okay because I had that feeling and I for I thought it was thirteen, but that makes a lot more sense. I was like, I didn't like that because it's such a strange story element. It's like if she really does look like Julia Roberts, why hasn't yeah. that played anywhere else? No one in public goes, "Oh, hey." Julia, like if you really look that close, right? Well, and it's then, just a weird thing to do. And then why isn't anyone else saying, "Oh, you look like George Clooney"? It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's weird. I imagine that because it's an Ocean's film with an ensemble cast, that they don't—they're just kind of talking down to their audience. It's Probably, not, yeah. They don't have it's the not same intentional, respect but like Guy Ritchie has for his right, audience. They right. probably thought it was clever. Yeah. And right. I don't think it's no, very clever. No. Yeah. It's probably like how they thought the Haunting a Hill House was scarier and clever too. Chad, are you just going to shit talk all my favorite things? It just, it just <laughs> makes me feel so good throats. that like you also have really strong opinions about things that a lot of people love. 
And like, because I think there's a lot of things that I shit on that I'm like, I don't think that's that good. Like it doesn't deserve the hype. Yeah. And you're right there with me, but they tend to be opposite or like not, they're not the same. And I like the fact that like you're throwing them out there too. So when we get like the, the, (laughs) the tweets at, um, at podcast, at movie movie machine pod, at movie machine pod that like, we're both going to get the same amount of people hating us. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. More hate, more likes. We'll have done. We'll have done our work. <laughs> uh, who left off? We're at Jamie's number one. Ooh, my number one. He's been talked about ad nauseum. Just continue the Mickey O'Neill train. Brad Pitt number one. Um, so we kind of talked a lot about him, but one thing, kind of going back to a point Casey made that I wanted to just, I guess, dial in on a little bit more. And it's it's like the one scene where I don't say he breaks character, because. It's it's not as much him as it is the director, but it's when the caravan is burning and we get a close up of his face and he's suddenly not Mickey O'Neill anymore. He's Brad Pitt, but he looks so fucking good. Like he's, I was like, fuck, that's a handsome guy. I can't help myself. Was it more so that he was in the spandex, like the tidy whiteies? (laughs) Was that what it was? Yes. yes. They're like tidy, like red, like kind of weird angled stripes, red and white, black, maybe. Yeah. I think that was the real reason. Very detailed accounting of the underwear that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also I paused you, it. <laughs> caught. He paused it and then he drew his own. Like, I'm just like, have you ever seen the saint? He was there, like just drawing his own kind of picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No. And it's. Uh, and you know, if any scene took me out of the movie, it was that. But I also didn't care because he is such a good actor, and everything he's doing there, he's doing with his eyes. And I just, I don't know, some shit you probably just can't teach. That's just probably. You know, when we talk about his peak career, I like that's it. You know, he he's not Mickey anymore. He's Brad Pitt, and I I don't care. Didn't take me out of the movie, so I would say that. Sweet number one, I have uh, already been talked about. Probably the highest on the list uh, is he. He's the highest on my list out of anyone else's. But Boris the Blade, and he's <laughs> hilarious, and he's such a he's he's like the chaos engine of the movie right because everyone everyone kind of meets each other and they all they all interact with boris in different ways and he just kind of adds a little bit of spice to the mix he's right. giving guns to people he's yeah moving yeah. giving information it's just so funny and, and i don't have a quote that i love but i love the scene after the crash and everything when he's walking back to his house and just muttering under his breath <laughs> yes and I don't remember. I think Tommy's the there. Try, Tommy's going to like return the gun. He's at the front door. He just grabs him by the balls, moves him aside, and then comes out with a machine gun. And the whole time he's just like cursing to himself in Russian. It's it's phenomenal. Such a great peak before he goes and meets his demise. That was a very convincing argument, Casey. I've got to say, like, I didn't have Boris on my thing, and I'm now like on my list. You're regretting it. Yeah. I'm kind of regretting it. Um, I was also really surprised at your number five because your number five is my number one. So I have Bricktop, and I loved Bricktop in this movie. I thought he, like, he is the villain in this movie. Was I loved every moment that he was on screen. Um, you talked a little bit about the. Um, about his line where uh, Turkish is offering him tea and he's like, no, thank you. No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet enough. And like that to me, and he like, he has this like this smile that he does and it's like these like yellow teeth and like, it's just like this red hair. Like you just know how shitty of a person he is and it just, it comes together there. And he almost hisses that line. (laughs) Like he eat like a reptile. He knows what he's doing. Um, And I just... I love him and I think of um, talking about kind of like iconic scenes or moments in the movie. I talked a little bit about the bullet tooth Tony moment, but like above that in one of the most like scenes that I consistently when I hear snatch think of is that like moment where he's talking about the pigs and he's talking about like how many pigs he needs in the entire process of like you want to remove the hair and teeth. You could do that. Like you want to do it ahead of time. You could do it afterwards, but it's a little bit more messy. Like you, it's just, to, well, you don't want to have to dig through the, the, yeah, the mud yeah. and the shit. And it's just like that. A, the writing of that is really cool. And like something I'd Hence never, the expression greedy as, as a pig. <laughs> like, like I'd never, I, I don't know. Like the, the writing of that was great. The delivery of that, him as the actor in that, in that moment, like every part of that is believable. He did it perfect. He played the the part perfect, delivered those lines perfect. And I just, I loved him as a villain. I loved him in this movie. And ultimately I loved when he died, like at the end where he gets shot and like that whole reveal piece, like every part of that moment was awesome. 
Yeah. So, Chris, again, I think you and I are on the same wavelength here for this movie because Bricktop is my number one. And, yeah, I do like the, you take sugar? <laughs> no. No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet <laughs> enough. enough. But my my favorite uh, line from him, though, outside of, like, the thing with all the pigs is the, where he's like, do you know what nemesis means? <laughs> A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an horrible cunt. Me, <laughs> perfect. Yep. But again, it, but for me with him, like what Terry, it's just like the fucking glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's just like it's this giant fucking eyeballs everywhere he goes. Yeah. But it's just like I would, I would put him probably in my top ten list of like terrifying movie villains because yeah. I'm gonna be, a, I'm gonna be afraid of anybody that's gonna like possibly whack me and feed me the pigs but i i like like there's a part of me that feels like he's like believable like he seems like just yeah. like a normal yeah. guy yeah and that's more terrifying and that's as a villain yeah. than like some of these like super villains or like anything else like he like that is that is believable like i right. i think Outside of like, of, like, like a I comic know, book villain like, like, like yeah like yeah. villain like you know we'll put him in the list with uh um drexel yeah Right, one hundred percent. Well, there's something about the not like he... we're not talking about the list with like Bane and Joker. No, yeah, we're no, going but like, like the... Drexel, like yeah. true romance, yeah. like one hundred percent. Like, like my experience when I was in England was like there are bookies and like like they're fucking betting on everything. Like they bet on the first goal, they bet on like like number of goals, they bet on like the first red card, yellow card, like they bet on everything. And I absolutely believe that there are people like him out there that are just like sharks and they just are taking it in and like you can't pay like you're taken care of i also have like some concerns like i think england overall is just like kind of a scary place when you think of like the like the underbelly of england well there's something to the the way he speaks that that accent and the way he kind of moves his mouth it almost makes it look like he's not human right it almost gives you almost the way he enunciates yeah it's almost like he's his teeth an alien doing his impression of a human yeah and so i think that makes him even scarier (laughs) because it's i mean obviously he's not like a a human an alien or whatever but like just that he's almost lost his is it obvious maybe it's not (laughs) but maybe like he's lost his touch of humanity even where he he will just do whatever he needs to do to get his way almost is scarier excellent that's our top five all right what else have we got i think that's it all right you want to do the sign off yeah and just in case there's any other last bits anyone wants to add no i did uh the other i think we we talked about a little bit before but this i don't know of any other ensemble movies that work so well like this other than guy ritchie ones I mean, we talked about Slevin, but that doesn't feel like an ensemble, multiple storylines all weaving together. It just doesn't feel that same way. I guess, uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Oceans worked, and I feel like that's a big ensemble cast. But Oceans, they're a team. You know they know each other. This is rare that these people don't know each other and all their storylines come converging together because they're all independent stories. Oceans, they're all part of the main thread. They're all friends. They're all doing a job together. But how? when has this ever happened where you've got five or six completely separate storylines with maybe a couple shared threads, and then the threads suck them all back in together at one big culmination at the end? That's so unique to me. And, and maybe it's a Guy Ritchie special. Maybe there isn't a, a genre of film that it really falls into. And yeah, I kind of feel like taking the Tarantino kind of kicked that off with sure. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's a great example. I think Pulp Fiction is probably very similar in that same vein where you have but people those that types don't know of movies other. are really um, hard. I think to pull off. Yeah, there's a movie that I saw recently, or probably within the last year. It's called Bad Times at the El Royale, which tries to do it, and I don't sure. think it pulls it off nearly as well. But it's a handful of like really like well known actors and actresses: uh, John Hamm, Jeff Bridges. Yep. Um, I don't know, one of the Hemsworth brothers, I think. Yeah, I didn't see that one, but that that, that struck Dakota me as Johnson. a similar... But yeah, and it was like each storyline, they're all like, it's culminating at this hotel, but they all have like separate storylines that are like slowly arcing to a main piece. Um, I don't think they pull it off nearly as well as Snatch did. And they all have a common motivating factor there. They're mm-hmm. all going to this hotel. So that's right. not, For some that's reason. what why Snatch is so amazing is because not everyone's storyline revolves around the diamond. 
you know, the fighting and, and Brad Pitt's, right. the, you know, Mickey yep. and the caravan stuff has nothing to do with the diamond. But then all these other diamond related stories. Right. So there's a few diamond stories, there's a few on the other side, and they all come crashing together. So the fact that they don't have a single They all kind thing, of have separate motivations, yeah. but they still get pulled. In the way they all come together in that one scene, you know, milk hits the car, hitting Boris the blade who was kidnapped, a knife goes through the other dude in the back. Just all this crazy things uh, all culminating to metaphorically. I wonder if you write that like, if you write that with like, I'm going to write all this crazy shit that culminates at the end. Then I'm just going to like break it off, (laughs) branch it off. Like how all these characters like got here, got to this moment. It's great writing. Yeah, there, there's I mean, a tip for you, Jamie. Write us a good movie. There we go. <laughs> Screenplay. All right. All right. Well, no, that's a great point, and I think, yeah, they do a good job here. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Movie Time Machines. Look into the movie Snatch. If you want to find us on Twitter, send us a message at Movie Machine Pod. That's at Movie Machine Pod on Twitter. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye.